the we fuck? shit our pants a lot in this camp. Hey, it I'm, I'm down. Let's oh, go. We'll call each other. I'll be like, hey, guess what I'm doing? Sitting I'm in traffic, <laughs> sitting in my own shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> Bro, if you ever get in a group of guys, you're like, hey, when's the last time y'all shit your pants? It'll all, always start off with, I don't do that. No, and I mean, and about 30 seconds later, everybody's like, okay. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well there was this one time. Grab the KY, get yourself ready. You got some slide to do. Welcome back to another episode of DM Monday Podcast. I'm Trey Lewis here with Mitch Wallace and today's guest, Jay Todd. We are in his gym. What's going on, guys? Man, so uh, we had, I think I had, well, first, Zeb was like, you need to get Jay Todd on your podcast. And then Mitch was like, you need to get Jay, we need to get Jay Todd on the podcast. And then we had Mac on our podcast. He was like, I think he sent us a text. He was like, yeah. Or or we went to um, ride go karts at K one, and we just like on a whim just went one day, and we we invited him just at random, and he showed up, and he was like, "You guys got to get Jay Todd on your podcast." So yeah, what is it? Just worked out with you. What is your real name? Justin. Justin. Justin Todd. But man, I've been going by Jay Todd for a long time. Nice. I mean, JT, Jay Todd, Todd. Back in sports, everybody called me Todd. Yeah. But Where did Jay Todd come from? Probably from my Instagram account. It was originally Jay Todd Fitness, and then people just picked it up. Jay Todd. Yeah. When I first moved to town here in Nashville, it was just it became Jay Todd to like my friends, and then clients would hear Jay Todd, so they'd start calling me Jay Todd. Yeah. But somehow you got saved in my phone as Justin Todd, and when I went to hit you up about the podcast, I was like, I don't know if that's Jay if Todd. That's or really not. him. <laughs> and like, so I was very like like sketched out to text you but i was like i'm just gonna go for it like yeah I'm so there. you formed your own nickname just by naming your instagram Jay I mean, Todd. yeah i didn't do it on purpose see when i was <laughs> when i was playing baseball growing up uh they started calling me t-bird and i hated it t-bird oh you yeah. didn't like it no i hated dude, it dude i think dude. We, we need to bring that one back growing up they just called me fat <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm yeah, kidding <laughs> i hated them calling me t-bird like and i was like one of those kids like i sucked at, i played football from six to like 13 like you yeah, know? but I hated baseball. I wasn't good at it. Like I would strike out and cry, you know. Yeah, and they'd be like, "T Bird struck out again." I'd be like slamming my helmet in the dugout, you know. I'm like, come on, Trey, you got it this time, yeah. man. Just hit the ball. But then my mom started calling me T Bird, and oh. it, was, it was fine after that. It stuck after yeah. that. Yeah. Did you have a weird name growing up from your, like your parents or anything? Mine was Mouse. Weird name growing up. My grandma always called me Mouse. I don't know why. I can't think of one. No, my brother was Bubby. That's about it. Bubby. Yeah, so, I didn't have one. How did you get the what? name Mouse? I don't know. Still don't know to this day. Still calls me to this day. What uh, sports did you okay, play growing true. up? Growing up, I played everything from basketball, baseball, football, um, soccer when you were real little. Yeah. Where and are you from? Swimming. Carmel, Indiana. So I've been here for six years. Um, moved here. Essentially, the gym I was training at in, in Carmel, Indiana, well, Fishers, Indiana, a trainer and his artist came to town. This is Bear, by the way. Yeah, uh, this awesome. is my gym dog. He's the best. But um, a, a trainer and his artist came to town before one of their performances, and we just got to talking. And this was in 2017. So then um, 
he said, would you ever move to Nashville? He's like, I work with artists. I've got a mobile gym. I train them at their house. I kind of bring the, the road life of training artists on, on the road. <laughs> I bring that to Nashville. And anyway, two months later, I came here. Um, I was in school studying exercise science, kinesiology. The month before he had came to the gym to train his artist, I had actually dropped out of college. So I'm a oh, college, wow. college dropout. Um, and yeah, I've been here for six so years. So you're just now. like, I have nothing else planned. I'll go. Yeah, why not? Yeah. It, and the whole training artist thing was, you know, sounded pretty cool. I had worked with a bunch of athletes and adults and a bunch of kids. Kids is my favorite thing to do. Mm -hmm. uh, favorite type of client to work with because you can be so impactful for their life. I had a mm -hmm. bunch of coaches who did that for me. Right. And if I can do that for them, that's what I want to do. But um, yeah, the artist thing was seemed cool, seemed fun, wanted to go on the road. Then I got here. So I, I still work with some artists, but um, road life, not for me. Yeah. So you would like go on tour with them like in the bus or what? I or? never did. No, I just did mobile training here in town. Okay. So I'd show up to their house, train them there. Cool, um, cool, cool. And then so I'd set up the gym there at right. their house and then leave but would they have their own equipment or did you kind of carry around your your all with your that stuff? company with that company no we had all the equipment and we would bring cool. it to them like uh, in a trailer or what it was a big van yeah like you just bring in like tires and like sledge that's what i think about yeah it like, was like a bunch <laughs> of rogue equipment i mean yeah. we had plates and barbells and dumbbells like the power blocks it was a great setup they do a great job yeah that's awesome yeah so why'd you drop out of college man so i'd started I went to college mainly to go play football and cool. played at Holy Cross in Worcester, Massachusetts. Oh, then, nice. Then I played, I uh, went to be a preferred walk-on at Indiana University, uh, started partying there. Well, I started really before that. So you were good at football? I mean, not compared to a lot but of But you played guys. at college level? Yeah, for two years. Yeah, uh, I guess compared to some of your clients, you're not What, did you good. play, yeah. linebacker? Middle, or yeah, middle, middle, middle linebacker. linebacker. Yeah, I like to hit people. I noticed, yeah, I noticed the other day when we were in here, you were talking about some of uh, the uh, – um, like long snappers and stuff you train you were like i just trained them like they're linebackers that's right yeah, yeah. well i'd like to see them make go, go make a play downfield uh, yeah. and at the end of the day like to a certain level all you need to do is train to be a better athlete like all the specificity training like yes there is a place where we do that but at the end of the day let's just train to be a better athlete all around i don't care what position you play i'm going to train a lineman different than i train a linebacker than i train a wide receiver than i train a soccer player than hockey mm -hmm. yeah. but you know when it all comes down to it, we're just trying to become better athletes all, you know, all around. Right. Anyway, so why'd you quit college? <laughs> Let's get back to that. I hope you're, uh, I hope you're getting some good zoom shots of this dog. <laughs> Dude, I can hear him. <laughs> yeah. It's probably all you guys can hear is, is bear breathing. Bear. That's right. great. He's fine. I usually have to listen to me breathe. So. Um. <laughs> uh, so from there, then I went to a community college because on November 12th of 2013, I was smoking a joint up at the, uh, at the, um, apartment okay. at my apartment with my boys and i come downstairs and my buddy joel he goes dude why is your mom calling me and i'm like uh i have no idea so i get i get my phone and my mom's calling me at this point so i pick up the phone i'm scared to death and i answer the phone i'm like mom i just smoked weed she goes answer the door your dad's there within her saying answer the door boom 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 i hear a knock at the door and i go to answer the door i said boys you might want to go upstairs for this one and he says let me see your grades and I go, dad, I don't know how to check my grades because I hadn't been to class in two weeks. This is November 12th, 2013. So, you know, three months of school yeah. that I should have been. I was supposed to play football. I never even showed up in the locker room. My buddy sent me a text of my name in the lockers. And that was as close as I got to being a Hoosier. Um, 
And so I, we go upstairs to check my grades and there is a chair, the locker room chair that's sitting by the sauna right now. That chair is in the drywall of my, of my room. Oh, sure. I had thrown it like a, a week prior and I thought it was funny. So I left it. Yeah. So of course my dad sees all this and he's like, what in the world is going on? So I can't even pull up my grades. We finally pull it up. I can remember the website right now, one.iu.edu, right there. <laughs> but at that time, I could not remember that. And so anyway, obviously, I, my grades were, were trash. So we, we drive home that night. He takes the, you home? He takes like, me home. I'm, dri- I'm sitting right next to him. Wow. How far? How long of a drive is that? That's an hour and 10 minutes. Okay. It was the longest hour and 10 minutes of my life. Yeah. And that really, I mean, it had started at Holy Cross when I had had two sh- shoulder surgeries. I had gotten into addiction and alcoholism at that point. I fell in love with the feeling that the pain pills gave me. And so I was always chasing that feeling to turn off my brain. So anyway, we drive home the next day. I'm working at a warehouse, like just doing any type of thing. I think from shoveling gravel to forklift stuff to inventory, shipping, anything they needed, I was doing it. The next day, that Saturday, I went back to Bloomington, Indiana to drop out with my mom. Got my stuff together pretty well for that next semester. The next semester, I enrolled in the community college. I started going to a boxing gym and ended up fighting Golden Gloves. I won my first fight. Were you sober this time? or Was that like your... I had, yes, but I hadn't worked any programs. Yeah. I didn't think I actually had a problem. I just, you just, you just were dry. You just I put still, the stuff down. correct. I still thought I just needed to remove myself from those situations. Yeah. And that it wasn't those me. People, it was yeah. other people. Yeah. Correct. So I start boxing, you know, training four or five, six hours a day, like throwing my whole life into it. That and two classes at the community college. Yeah. I fight, win, get a concussion, out, can't move my neck for six days. The next fight, oh. the dude's 6'11", 350. I quit. I'm like, I'm out. <clears throat> what? <laughs> I'm not kidding. His re- like, he was 6'11", 350. Yeah. That's not, I'm not making that up. Yeah. So, so you just, I quit. So you didn't fight him? You were just like, I'm not fighting that guy? Yeah, that, the day before the fight, I'm like, I can't move my neck. I wanted to go yeah. play college football again. I'm like, this is probably not a good move. It is one of my regrets. Like, anything else, like, I don't regret anything else. But that one thing, I, I kind of regret quitting yeah. that and i wish i could have tried to fight him because super heavyweight so i'm six foot 213 at the time yeah and had dropped from 240 two months prior because i was just training like a maniac i threw everything of my being that was my new addiction yeah and so i anyway quit i end up going playing at depaul university in Greencastle, indiana division three and about six days before my 21st birthday i get pneumonia i'm taking the codeine oh, yeah. the prednisone yeah. all of that stuff and I was taking it pretty much from what I can remember as prescribed. Yeah. But I was passed out. This is game night. So the team is on the road. Obviously, I'm sick. So I'm staying home in my dorm room. And my buddy, Diego, he comes into the room and he's like, hey, bro, let's go to Fisai. And I remember he was one of the Fraternity. fraternities. Oh, know, okay. Cool, cool, cool. One of the fraternities there. They're throwing a party. And I remember saying no at first and then seeing a bottle of New Amsterdam that he bought vodka and, and you're like jacked up on steroids and just oh i was gone sipping i on think the that scissor. night i had taken more of the codeine yeah. than i was supposed to yeah. yeah for sure nodding off and so then i start chugging i just pulled it back and start chugging i was like all right let's go i remember i put this green lime green minions shirt on and these khaki <laughs> pants because there are pictures of me passed out with that new amsterdam bottle like this on the wall 
And I remember the next thing I remember is waking up in my parents' house an hour and a half east of Greencastle. Oh, wow. The next day. Okay. So I had gotten taken to the hospital by public safety. Oh, shit. 17 days later, we were playing our last game against Wabash. And we had lost that game. I'm suppo- I'm like a third year transfer, so I'm still I'm I'm a pledge for Dell. Mm-hmm. Okay, so all the football players they were either a, I can't remember, but w- one of the houses was dealt. And so I'm running the door, but I'm drinking as well. Yeah, because there's a bunch of alumni that I played with in high school that are you know hanging out with me because I was their age, right? Or not there anyway. So I was close with them, and I remember going to a bar, and then next thing I remember, I wake up in my parents' house. Again? An hour and a half away, 17 days later. Oh, no. You're like me. You're like blackout or get out. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's the way I was, man. Absolutely. And I could never tell when I was going to blackout. But if I was going to drink, I most likely was going to blackout. What's Mm -hmm. your parents' reaction the first time you show up at their house? Are they kind of like supportive? Like, you're okay. We're just glad you're safe. I don't remember. Or are they like, fuck you? They came to the hospital in Greencastle to pick me up from the hospital and drove me back. I think by, and probably by this time, like they kind of knew you had a problem if they were showing up to your your first college. And so uh, in those, in that time period, I had seen a therapist and she's like, you Mm -hmm. need to work a program. You need to get connected with, with the 12 step program. I'm like, I don't need the 12 step. Like I'll get sober and I'll see you uh, on occasion. Yeah. But that's all I need. And, you know, that just continued because that <laughs> I am through and through yeah. an alcoholic. Um, yeah. and, and then from there, so you get suspended, obviously, if you get taken to the hospital twice in 17 days. Yeah. Um, so then they're like, we want you to come back and play, but you got to go get help. So I go see this therapist. I'm like, here's the deal. She's like, okay, you can either stay at home and do outpatient treatment with, and live with your parents and work, or you can go to Montana. And she hands me this brochure with a grizzly bear. It's like a, a wilderness line, camp. A wilderness camp. Dude, I had a friend that went to one of those. <laughs> yeah, out in Montana. Yeah. That's a good story. You wrote a song about it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. It was like the first song I ever wrote. But <laughs> right. My best friend, <clears throat> I have a new record coming out March 1st. Um, it's up for pre-save, if any of y'all don't know that. Go get it. But um, it's called Troublemaker. And, and the first couple lines of the song, it talks about a kid named Frankie. And that was my best friend growing up. But uh, he, yeah, we used to... We, what we would he would steal his mom's debit card and like go take money out and we would just go buy like weed and shrooms with it you know and once they busted him on that they were like your ass is going to wilderness camp so he said it was like one of the hardest things that he ever did but he saw some of the most beautiful like views what was the name of the song you wrote uh frankie didn't die out in montana was the name (laughs) of it Yeah. yeah that's awesome yeah 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 so I'm like, I'm going to Montana because I'm thinking yeah. it's like a, a boys camp and we're going to go hang and whatever. It's going to be awesome. I fly out December 26, 2014, day after Christmas. And I remember they like strip searched me, took everything that I owned except my T-shirt and shorts. And then they put me under this dude that was coming off of meth. Oh, wow. And so in my eyes, I'm like, OK, I've never done that. I'm not yeah. I'm not yeah, like I'm not these that people. Bad. Yeah, yeah, this isn't for me. So three days later, I'm like, I'm trying to convince him that I don't need to be there. And that they need to let me call my parents. And so finally they let me three days in. And my dad gets on the phone. He's like, nope, you committed. You need to do this. It's 60 days. And it didn't hit me until the end of the conversation. He goes, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. 
And that just struck me hard. And that's been kind of my mantra for starting the gym and, and, and a family and just this new life of don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. That I, That's just stuck with me ever since. And so I stuck it out. For 17 days, they do what's called trip. And again, this is from December 26th to like February 26th. And so this is now like February 10th. And you go out in the middle of Montana. It's the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. You take the cross-country skis, your ski boots, um, the little snowshoes, and your food, everything. 17 days, see ya. You start walking. It's four other guys, 16 to 24 years old, and um, two counselors. And you go out. And for three days, two nights of that, you do what's called solo. So solo, you're supposed to complete your four-step. And... So they give you kind of like a packet. Are you just out you. there like inventorying and like under yes. in a tent? And it's like what is, a, what is your fourth step? What does that mean? It, it's four of the 12, but what is the fourth step? You take inventory of your wrong wrongdoings. It's like everybody you kind of did wrong or Resentments something? Resentments and shit that you've done. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. But cool. in this one, it's like a lot. It goes into depth. It's like 17 pages on each one. You're supposed to write down everything from like people that I've harmed, uh, things that I've said. Uh, events where I was doing something wrong. Anyway, so it goes like, ask more cool. detail. It's very thorough. And then, yeah. you know, at the end of it all, you look at you look at your resentments and your fears and all that stuff from an entirely different angle than you would ever look at it, you know, and you see where you were at fault and where you set the ball rolling. And that was game changer for yeah, me. Because absolutely. I always thought that everything was everybody else's fault, you yep. know, and that – you know, these people just needed to get away from me or learn to get fucked up like me. That's you right. You know what I mean? Get with yeah. the program. But then when I was able to, like, look at it um, from an entirely different angle, that I was like, oh, wow, this is all my fault. I'll set the ball, ball rolling. But I want to say something right before, before we move on any farther. Yeah, I was just sitting here kind of in reflection, you know, and it's um, – you know, obviously, you know how Mitch met me and Mitch met, and you, you know, most of the people that watch and listen to this know that we met. I was his cousins counselor in rehab but like how addiction just affects not just the addict you know it affects everyone you know the family like when you were telling your story it's like your parents knew you were fucking up mm-hmm. you know but also at the same time they knew you were extremely talented at sports and like you know they raised you you know and they wanted you to you know do well so it's like they were always trying to like you know, help you out. And a lot of ways, you know, at some point that trying to help somebody, um, hurt harms them, you know? And then finally, when you reach that point of like, all right, I'm here. And they're like, I want to leave now. You know, I was the same way when I went to treatment. I remember being on the detox porch, smoking cigarettes and people talking about smoking crack and doing needles and shit like that. And I was like, yeah, I've never done that. You know, (laughs) I just like to get blackout drunk and take Xanax, you know, Um, I'm not like these people, you know. And then somebody said to me, man, you got to look at the similarities and not the differences. And that was like huge for me. Um, But it's just crazy that like, you know, there comes a point for every addict in his life where the people that love him and him tried to help him have to say no you know you gotta you gotta stick this one out yeah that's gotta be the hardest thing now that i've got an 11 month old son it's like i would do anything in my power to make sure this kid's okay yeah and make sure that he's successful and set up and and comfortable and my parents could not have done a single thing different and i would have turned out the exact same way i would have done the same things i owe everything to my parents they were they are amazing i'm where i'm at today because of them yeah and my wife um 
but it was extremely hard on them. And I can see their face. I can see the feeling. I can feel the feeling that I've seen on their faces when I've had to go through some of the things that I went through. And, you know, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here. So it's, I can't imagine how they felt when when they had to pick me up from the hospital or, you know, X, Y, Z. Is it harder to reflect on that now that you're a father? Is it kind of just... I feel it more. Yeah. I feel it more. And it's very special, our relationship now, even more so. Like, right. I'm very tight with both of my parents. Call my, I'm a mama's boy. I call her all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's just way more special now that yeah. I have a son. And I, I see how much I love him and how much I, I feel how much they my parents love me. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a really special thing. Uh, absolutely amazing. That's cool. So you had to do, you had to reflect on all the bad doings wrongdoings, whatever you want to call them, in this, a tent. Are you doing this inventory in a tent, like flashlight? Yeah, around? Montana. So, <laughs> so I was big, alone. big into Bear Grylls at this time. I went through a bunch of different phases because <laughs> as an alcoholic, you throw every, you go all in on, on yeah. one thing because you think you're going to be a Navy SEAL or an NFL player or yeah. Bear Grylls or whatever. And so you go all in and then you do, do it you for like, like Bear Grylls knife for like, oh yeah, I bought all the, all the, it was like orange and yeah, anyway. And so I set up my, my A-frame and it was nice. You could hear one of the kids screaming that it snowed two feet, about two feet yeah. that first night. And so you hear him screaming because his, his tent fell down. His tarp fell down. Dang. Uh, so he was soaking wet that first night. And mine was good. But the next night I wake up, the next day I wake up, there's snow tr- there's uh, moose tracks all around my camp. Oh, shit. And so it was like, okay, this is real. And nobody yeah. else is out here. So, yeah, you're reflecting on everything. It's really powerful. And um, it's a real big big god moment i saw so i finish it i'm hitting rocks off the side of the mountain with with some sticks yeah that's how i was passing the time and i finished that four step i finish hitting hitting the baseballs <laughs> and i sit down and i see this bald eagle fly yeah. by and it was like god's got you i got you that's your like spiritual awakening that was my uh-huh. spiritual yeah. awakening um so then i go home sober for nine months start dating a girl who's in the program she starts drinking so i start drinking Hell yeah. Perfect. Yep. I was doing the program too. <laughs> the best yeah. thing ever. Yep. Made and the girl your higher power. Absolutely. Um, and that started essentially a roller coaster for the next. How old see, were you? Uh, right there. I just time. turned 21 when I went okay. to rehab. Yeah. So, you know, from 21 to 26, essentially, it was sober for six months, drinking for three. Yeah. Get people happy for two months, drinking for my four. Back. Yeah. Yep. And the last straw for that was in was November third of twenty nineteen, November second, November third is my first my first day of sobriety, and um, my wife, my girlfriend at the time, my now wife, invited my friends over. So we're in a little tiff, right? We're in this apartment complex in Nashville, and we get into a little tiff. I'm like, I'm going to McDonald's, and expecting her to go to sleep about eight thirty. She likes to go to bed early, no problem. I'm going to go to McDonald's, get that bag, but then go to the liquor store and get a fifth of Maker's Mark. Yeah. So I do that. I come back home. I've were got you the, sober at this time or were you drinking? I was sober to everybody else, but I was drinking. Okay. Did she so, know you were drinking? She didn't know. Okay. So I was trying to hide it. So I yeah. wait till she goes to sleep. I'd start drinking and be good to go. So I come back in, open the door and boom, out, out pop all my best friends from Indiana to celebrate my birthday about a week and a half before that. And so I'm like holding this bag with McDonald's plus a fifth of whiskey. <laughs> they all think I'm supposed to be sober too because yeah. they're my best guys. And um, so then I set it down behind as close as I could away from them. 
as far as far as I wait uh, away as I could from them. And the whole night we're playing like board games. I think they were having a couple beers and the whole night I'm thinking about how can I get that that With, fifth and drink it and yeah. drink it. Yeah. Not not how can I throw it away? How can I drink <laughs> like, it? like, man, this is awesome. My friends drove down to come see me. Yeah. Any so other things. the next day I go, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go get you guys pregame. We're going to go to a rooftop on Broadway. I'm going to go get you guys the the alcohol so you can pregame but they're like we don't need a pregame we're good yeah we're just hanging out and which like no 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 I'm yeah i got it, it. No, no problem. Problem. you guys all stay here i'm yeah. gonna go alone and I, get it. I want you guys to have a good time <laughs> and so i do i get them a, a fifth of tito's but then i also get 10 shooters of tito's and put them in i wore compression shorts underneath my pants on purpose on purpose wow it's crazy i would never think <laughs> such an idiot and I was a, I was just fiending to drink because I couldn't drink that night before. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. Yeah. And so I get that. I chug two before I go in. And then we start to leave. And I'm like, oh, wait, I forgot my wallet. I go back in. I chug three more. My wallet was in my pocket the whole time. Yeah. yeah. So then, you know, I finish all of that that night, the rest of the shooters. And I come back home. We go to sleep. I wake up like at 10 a.m. And <laughs> I say to my wife, my girlfriend at the time, I say, uh, where'd the, where'd the boys go? She's like, what do you mean? It's like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. They had to go back to Indiana. Yeah. And that feeling that I had that I missed out on, I wasn't present for them celebrating me and my birthday and them being here. I wasn't there for it. That hit me like a ton of bricks. I went to a meeting right away, got a sponsor and didn't tell anybody anything uh, about me drinking until I got 30 days sober. Wow. At 30 days sober. I told my, I told Lauren, Hey, I was drinking before again. Like, obviously, if if this is it, this is it. If you want to leave me, I understand. I, I've lied again. Probably now the eighth time that I've that I've done this. I'm gonna keep doing this. I've got a sponsor now, um, and let's just see what I can do here. I'm committed to. I'm really at that point. I knew for a fact I was an alcoholic. Up mm-hmm. until then, I wanted to hold out. I thought, well, maybe I could have wine. Maybe I could have a beer. Yeah. Maybe in my wedding I'll be able to. But drink. it's like, let's be honest. I'm hiding this shit in my pants. Yeah, you know, in compression. Like literally went to the my drawer and put compression shorts on specifically to put shooters yeah. in yeah. my in my pants. I mean, I'm saying I'm going to McDonald's just to go get McDonald's. McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was nuts. So that was it, man. And then at a year sober, then I started telling clients and trying to help other people. I mean, I was helping other people in the program before that. So but- Lauren obviously was like, I'm in this. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, I don't. That was all a blur. I don't much remember what her initial reaction was. I think she was so fed up. Her dad's an alcoholic as well. And so she's like, "Uh, here we go again. What was the uh, inventory process like this time going back through it? Going back through it again. It hit me harder. Was it less of a dump, but like more of a less of a dump, but hit me harder. More more guilt, more Mm -hmm. shame, more Mm -hmm. remorse. Because I saw it this second time how much I had hurt loved ones. Yeah. When I was going through it at first, it was so self-centered and like I still hadn't completely, there was still part of me that was like, man, these guys are still. You weren't done yet. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't done yet. And you know when you know. Yeah. Did you go back and make amends to your parents again or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I made amends multiple times. It was, it was as good as it could be. Yeah. Um, there was nothing I like, it was all, 
I had just hurt them and disappointed them yeah. and, and about all the money and support that they had given me through that hard time in the beginning from 21 to 25. Um, because I, at this point I was already living on my own in Nashville. And so it was just, it weighed heavy because of the disappointment I could feel from them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember, uh, when I made amends to my dad, and when I asked him what I could do to make it right, because I had like stolen money from my dad, you know, um, he tried to help me go to military school. I got kicked out of that. Like there were so many things that he did to just try to help me. And uh, I remember him looking at me and saying, um, I mean, just keep doing what you're doing, you know, and my dad died when I was 26. So now that he's not here like that, keep doing what you're doing means so much more than what it meant back then you know oh absolutely and that's just like a beautiful thing but yeah it was crazy man that's wild yeah it's um that don't quit don't quit don't quit still sticks with me yeah and my dad i think had said pretty much the same thing your dad did man keep doing what you're doing yeah what's uh you said it was hard at first in sobriety what what are some of the things you can recall that like maybe more specific elaborate on that it was a lot of my habits so towards the end i knew that i was an alcoholic but i didn't want to admit it and didn't want to fully accept it and so i wouldn't go out with people so i was a guy yeah. that would literally i'd get done trying to train as many people as i could then i'd go drive for lyft to get just enough money so i could get some alcohol and then i'd stay at home put on a game or a show or whatever eat and drink by myself then fall asleep wake up at 4 a.m and go train people again and so at towards the end for about two months i was drinking about every single night just isolating you know, isolating because yeah. i knew how i was so shameful and remorseful and mm -hmm. just guilty of just because i had a head full of recovery and i knew yeah. what i was supposed to be doing but i was doing completely the opposite of that and so at first it wasn't like it wasn't that hard coming off the, of the alcohol for me um but it just the ha like who I was hanging out with outside of work and what I was doing with my time outside yeah. of work, that was probably the hardest part, developing the new routines that I needed to be the man that I said I wanted to be and be the person that I wanted to be, um, trying to figure out what it was I needed to now go do yeah. as opposed to look for that next fix. Damn. being here in nashville and separated from my family from di by distance made it easier to make amends to the people i loved yeah um because they didn't i wasn't physically with them mm -hmm. and so i would see them every actually you know what the hardest part was so i would see them every like three months right the hardest part for me and actually still to this day is the hardest part is for me to go back to indiana and go to our lake house or go back home to my parents' house. And it's the both are the absolute amazing, most amazing place. I love going back. However, it does bring back the guilt and the anxiety that I would have because I would be hiding it from them. And so we'd be down at the lake house and there was a garage up at the top that would have all the booze. Yeah. And I would always act like I'm going up to fix the fishing poles or fix the tube or whatever. And I'd be throwing them back, throwing them back, throwing them back, throwing them back. And then I'd get blackout. Then I'd get in an argument with my parents or my brother. And so going back there. Fuck y'all, I'm going on the John boat. That's exactly right. 
Uh, exactly that. So many similarities, man. That's crazy. Yeah. And so going back brings up those feelings of having to have the lectures from the parents um, and living that lifestyle of always looking over my shoulder like I was doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And every time that I go back, it gets better and better and better. And I call my sponsor to make sure, hey, man, I'm thinking about this quite a bit. Like, what do I need to do? And, you know, it's really just, well, just call me. It's going to be fine. And so each time we create better memories, bringing my son home to where I grew up, the best thing in the world. Kids and change everything. They change dude. everything. I don't yeah. even have a kid, but my uh, my sister has a has a kid. Nice and, niece uh, or nephew. Uh, nephew. That's awesome. And I like I went home. Home's always been a weird place for me. Uh, kind of just kind of like you said, same thing. Um, but I went home this Christmas with you know relatively high anxiety of how it was going to go, and. Uh, I don't know. It was like Christmas morning. I was playing guitar and me and my mom were singing Christmas carols just to like see his reaction, you know? Oh yeah. And, uh, I just can't imagine like what it's like to have your own kid and it just kind of like changes everything, man. How awesome is that? How old is your three? Nice. Yeah. So he like gets it. Yeah, he gets it. That's I dressed that's up like cool. the Grinch, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I was like a nice Grinch. He was like, the Grinch grew a heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's special. Yeah, yeah. Oliver, he he doesn't yet understand. Like the wrapping paper was cool. The boxes were yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. The toys are cool for about two seconds, and then he's on to the next thing. So mm-hmm. he, it was extreme. It was very cool to watch him like open gifts where we're opening right. it, and he's yeah. kind of sitting there. So next year that will be. I think he'll you know yeah. get it a little bit more. But you know, even putting up the lights and he's staring at the lights, trying to grab them and um we'll listen to the christmas carols and whatnot and he's you know we're dancing around with them so yes it it makes christmas it turns it up a notch for sure yeah, yeah it's it's amazing it makes you enjoy it again for so, sure so yeah. um you start training people uh, like immediately after this time when you get sober i mean i know you're Dude, still I, doing it when you were yeah i've been training people so the funny thing is a lot of people didn't really understand that i was drinking yeah i guess i was hiding it pretty well yeah. Or they're lying. <laughs> yeah. And they felt bad and they just didn't yeah. want to say they knew. I mean, I think sometimes in like an environment like this, it's like Steve Sarkeesian when he was drinking at USC. Nobody would have ever thought, you know, that no. he was drinking. You don't think right. like you don't associate yeah. alcohol with a gym. You right. know what I mean? If Not nobody's looking for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you I was, like see stuff if you're like looking for that kind of thing. Were sure. you an athlete still while you were drinking? Like were you still personally training? I, like not I, just training others? I would think I, I used to think I was. Yeah. Uh, I remember smoking a cigarette in rehab because they wouldn't let me dip. I just used to dip uh, and they wouldn't let me. So I started smoking. I'm like, I'm still an athlete. <laughs> I'm like smoking a cigarette. They're like, yeah. no, you're not. You know? uh, you're literally smoking a cigarette. Now. Yeah. Sitting on a rehab porch. <laughs> yeah. <Ripping laughs> you're not an athlete. You're right. But you still were working you know, out and stuff. Yeah. I was still training myself. Yeah. Um, it, fitness for me has always been a, a constant. Yeah. When Did I, you go harder once you got sober? Did you like, what did you like dive into something to take up that space in your mind that now since you're not drinking yeah, did you go I, I mean, hard at something my biggest thing now is i obsess over everything yeah. from a conversation that i have yeah with we heard that you to, eat like crazy food bro, i figured we i've could heard your chicken absolutely nuts. yeah two spices one with pepper jack cheese one with colby jack <laughs> a large fry sometimes two Extra fried, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch <laughs> always gets an extra fry. Not always. <laughs> this, this one is feeling sassy. Listen, now my I'm extra not. fry is also a medium. Yeah. Oh, you got to go large. Why no, not? my regular is large. My extra is right. a medium. Go, it's it's a truck both. fry. 
<laughs> what it is is it's a truck fry. A truck so, fry. So like I eat it on yes, the way home. On the way home. And the rest of it stays yeah, rolled up. Hot. Yeah, and then you heat it up later. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. I order a double one now. I used to do it because I was gonna eat it all. But now I do it because my wife's gonna eat it for sure. <laughs> yeah. Even though she says she's not going to. I know she wants the fries too. Um and then either one or two um strawberry or Oreo shakes oh no that's too much well listen they don't you're make those. you're crazy how do you have a gallbladder they don't still. make the, it's probably <laughs> gonna to go like that i don't have a gallbladder anymore <laughs> well my appendix burst that's probably what <laughs> yeah, gallbladder's probably next. This, yeah uh no i don't do that anymore you would get two shakes because they don't make the larges anymore oh you gotta get enough <laughs> <laughs> they only make small coffees too so that's right get i get two. two of those right so you yeah. get it i'm like if y'all just make a big cup that'd save a it lot would of time save here. a lot of plastic and time uh <laughs> No, but now now it's ice cream. Yeah, you, um, t- you were telling me a pint. A I pint of I ate, I ate a pint of ice cream every single day for three years. Oh wow, that's absolutely ridiculous. Or or the Chick Fil A order. What um, was your go to flavor and brand of ice cream? Either Ben and Jerry's half baked Ben and Jerry cookie dough or um, Jenny's gooey butter cake. Would you just eat it out of the little pint with a spoon? Was yep. that like all you ate, or did you eat? No, that was after dinner. When you say a whole pint, like. Are you going all the way to the bottom and like scooping the edges out and getting those two? Absolutely. Every night. Every dude. night. Sometimes two. Sometimes two pints. No See, dude, like I'm I'm the type of person like if I'm working out and doing all that stuff, I have to eat healthy because if I eat like shit, I'm not going to the gym. Yeah. The next day. Yeah, it's not happening. See, I'm always going to the gym, yeah. no matter what. That's just been like yeah. when I was twelve, my dad my dad used to be a bodybuilder. So Is there ever a time where you don't feel it. like working out and do it anyway? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. More, I, more times than not you know i you used to train us at riverhouse i worked at riverhouse and you would train us on tuesday and thursday yep five o'clock and i remember o'clock. dude like there'd be majority of tuesdays and thursdays i'd be working and i'm like dude i don't want to work out today i would forget about it and you know kayla would always be like you got your gym clothes and i'd be like i don't know yet yeah man. i'll let you know later <laughs> like i'd say 75 percent of the time i don't want to work out yeah but it is so ingrained into my lifestyle and what I do. It's just what I do. I mean, we're in my the gym. So, do you think uh, you're addicted to working out? I'd say I'm way better now than I have been in the past. Yeah, you um, need to make one of those videos like can't work out. I'm going to the gym. Broken foot. <laughs> I'm going to the gym. That's right. <laughs> Shitty day. I'm going to the have gym. Have you guys seen this dude? Gout on- attack. <laughs> Jay Todd's gonna make me work out anyway. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> going to the gym. Hey, we figured it out. Yeah, we had to do some weird There's shit. There's this dude on on. I think he's on Instagram. I can't even think of his name, but he's like, go to the fucking gym. The go the, to the fucking is gym. Is it the 75 hard guy? No, no, that's uh. Andy Frischella. No, yeah. no, this dude's like long hair, looks like an Aquaman. And he just gets in the camera. He's like, go to the fucking gym. Good fucking morning. It's time for you to go to the fucking gym. You know it's time to go. What are you doing here? Go to the fucking gym. Yeah. <laughs> what about that guy that got caught doing the uh, the carnivore diet or whatever? That The meat eater guy, but that got caught with steroids? Full of juice. Yeah, dude. Like $12,000 a month wild. on Have you ever on done steroids? steroids? When I was not knowing, well, okay, when I was 16, no. <laughs> like SARMs or something? 18, I had, no, wait. Anyway, senior year of high school, I had like really messed up my hamstring, pulled it, whatever. My buddy, he's like, hey, I got you. Everybody around, like a lot of our parents work for Eli Lilly. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, my dad works for Eli Lilly. I got you. I'll get you some. And H- who is that? H- what is that? It's a pharmaceutical company. Okay. okay. Yeah. From what I understand. And. He's like, 
I've got some HGH, I can get you. Cool. And I was like, all right, so that'll help me recover, right? And so that was my own, like I was just trying to get back on the field as fast as I could. Right. And I don't know if I've ever told this story to anybody, but uh, <laughs> he literally would bring a syringe oh. to the bathroom in a paper towel and he'd give it to me and I'd go before practice and doop, right into my ab. <laughs> and I did that oh. for three weeks and didn't miss a game, uh, not from the hamstring. And so yeah, I get. I you I've feel done, like it felt you? I mean, it helped. No, you? I, I have no idea. Yeah, mentally, yeah, I was like, I'm the man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was so HGH. stupid. I had no idea what was in it. It's probably like water. It probably was. <laughs> That's right. And then when I was 18, I came back after like transferring back and not playing football. After this was after rehab, and the guy I got tight with the guy Travis behind the counter of the nutrition store. And it, it's always after, the guy behind the counter. Absolutely. The and he's like, hey, man, you keep coming in. You seem pretty dedicated. Why don't you try this? And he pop, puts like these two pill bottles up there and it's like Blackstone Labs. And I was like, oh, that looks legit. And so I'd start taking it and I blew up to 245 pounds of muscle and just, yeah, Jack, I was like squatting 565 for three, like doing step ups, 315, like stupid stuff. This was like in my ego lifting, like think it was cool, filming everything possible. Thought I was like, I was like filming daily light. Like it was just so cringy. And yeah, I got really strong on it. And then I started to get irritable like two and a half months in and acne on my back. And then I started, I was like, I should probably look what, what this stuff is. Yeah. And cause I was one of those guys that would just like, I did not care what it was. And I you only, were taking pills, which I only is cared terrible what for it you, would, right? Yeah. It would mess up your liver, like just be terrible for a lot of things. And they discontinued making that. It was essentially a pro hormone. So outside of your body it's a pro hormone inside your body it essentially acts like a steroid yeah and so i was essentially taking steroids yes yeah. i didn't whatever i didn't do any research but nope ever since then nothing uh creatine protein protein yeah that's about it but right now nothing just like vitamin d um some b vitamins your caffeine like kind of met methylfolate oh yeah yeah i mean with working as much as i do i yeah probably about four, like three what's your go-to caffeine not usually not three i'll do 400 milligrams of an alani i like a nice cold brew cold okay. cold brew every day would be perfect but mm -hmm. the coffee shops don't open when i come in so yeah. if i can buy like a bulk from lg coffee and buy that and have it great that's my favorite but alani energy drink that's that's what i usually because yeah. we have it at the gym i got on a little uh working out kick there for a little while uh last year and i bought some um amino acids to yeah. like take after i worked out and one yeah. day i was just drinking it and i was just i was just sitting there on the couch like 30 minutes after drinking it and i thought i had a fart and just shit right through my pants <laughs> oh yeah dude. like through my underwear through my jeans onto the couch oh shit yep i did uh you know those protein shakes as a meal replacement <laughs> and i was working out and i was taking uh like thermogenics so my body was just all out of whack and make you hot yeah, but I shit everywhere on myself. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought it we was. Sh a we shit our pants a lot in this camp. Hey, it, I'm, it I'm down. Let's oh, go. We'll call each other. I'll be like, hey, guess what I'm doing? Sitting I'm in traffic, sitting in my own shit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's good for a grown man to shit himself every once in a while. Absolutely it just keeps you humble, you know. If you ever get in a group of guys, you're like, hey, when's the last time y'all shit your pants? It'll all, always start off with, I don't do that. No, and, I mean, and about thirty seconds later, everybody's like, okay. Well, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> well there was this one time. <laughs> I had this yeah. uh, this teammate of mine we're running gassers at the end and he goes coach i gotta go to the bathroom he's like get on the line davis yeah and he's like no coach i really gotta go get on the line 
after we break down to our position groups and he goes, what the fuck is that smell? (laughs) (laughs) And you turn around, he's like, Davis, get the hell to the locker room. He starts running, his entire white football pants are covered in brown (laughs) shit. It was hilarious. Like, I can you still f- smell it. Did you fart? No, I shit myself. <laughs> no, I, t- I told Tony you. Think I do. I told you, Coach. <laughs> what do you think I do? Just go around smelling like shit all yeah, the time. <laughs> I, uh, I grew up wrestling my whole life. Uh, I started when I was like nine uh, through high school, and it was always the funniest. Like, uh, you know how when you work out, like you'll do a squat and you'll fart, and it's like, sorry, dude, I really can't yep. help this. So clients a lot of that time. happens in uh, in wrestling. Like, oh, absolutely. You know, like you'll you'll do something, you'll fart, and in the middle of a match, you just, you just gotta laugh it off, dude. Yeah. Like, sorry, absolutely. <laughs> like, what do you do when a client farts? If you're like working with him, oh, I he just make, ignores it. He no, just keeps going. No way, I call him out for sure. For sure, we're talking about it. We're calling that out to the whole gym. Oh man, that's great. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Miss farted. farted. <laughs> I'm like, really? This is day one. Are you serious? I don't even know you like that. That's great. No, dude. but I got one guy. He's like, man, if you don't, have, if you can't fart in front of your personal trainer, it's a terrible personal trainer. Yeah, dude. If you have to hold in a fart and his do first, a squat, his no. first year of training, it was the worst farts every single day. <laughs> <laughs> He'd stink up the whole day. That's great, dude. So yeah, you you were working for a mobile training company. Mm-hmm. When did you transition to like kind of your own thing, like being your own boss? I did that for eight months and then ended up doing my own thing. Still going mobile. I'd go to different turf fields, different parks, different houses. Most of those folks who are going to pay that price point, they're going to have their own equipment. But I can work in a box. Like we can train with nothing. Um, And so we just did whatever I needed to do. And then I ended up, so COVID happens. And I'm just doing anything and everything that I can do to get by. Like I had gotten an expensive apartment because I thought I would make X and I was only making X. So I was driving for Lyft. I was uh, working at Edley's. I did three shifts at Edley's, a barbecue joint. Oh yeah, I love Edley's. They put me in the back. I don't love Edley's much anymore. Uh, (laughs) But, and. I saw on your Instagram, you were doing like uh, videos on during COVID. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. That was a daily warm up. What's up, guys? My name is Justin Todd, and this is day 365 of the daily warm up. I I lived with Zeb at that point. Oh, he couldn't stand it. Uh, Every single day, I'd film a 10 minute video of me doing some type of movement, mobility, and I'd post it. Everything is content. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was great. I became known as a mobility guy, but most of my stuff is like speed, work, strength, power, all that. And so, kind of gave that up. But uh, no, it was great. Like if you're looking to grow your po- consistency is key. You got to post every single day and I just don't have the time to do that. Um, yeah. but so COVID happens and a guy named Matt Overton was training at Sparta back in Fishers, the place where, uh, I had met the guy that brought me here Yep. and he's like, Hey, I've got an Airbnb in Nashville. Are you still training in Nashville? My wife and I are going to come to Nashville cause nobody's renting Airbnbs. Matt right Overton says this to you. Yeah. Cool. And I was like, great. Meet you at Rose Park, which is where Belmont trains their soccer team and track and field. And so the next day we go out and train. He had just been cut by the Jaguars. And so I bring out my dumbbells. I've got the Bowflex dumbbells, a TRX, med balls, mm-hmm. and some bands. And we go take him through a performance workout. He had been doing a bunch of strongman stuff prior to that. And so that went really well. Next day, he brings a guy named James Neal, this ugly painting that you're looking at behind you. No, it's awesome. James, James is the best. Uh, he brings James and then a James week. James is a hockey player. Hockey player. Yep. And a week and a half after that, James brings his buddy, Ryan Johansson, who was playing for the Preds at the time. And Sick. 
then Ryan Johansson introduces me to a guy named Ben Weprin. And Ben Weprin owns the building that we're in right now. Nice. So I went from needing to grind, grind, grind as much as possible, and I still do, but needing to, to, to make a living, to just pay for my, yeah. my roof, month my roof over my head, to, you know, this thing just blowing up yeah. overnight. And it didn't, I guess it didn't, blow, it looked like that from the outside, but it had been like a 10 year deal of me just working as hard as I can, learning as much as I can, doing a lot of free sessions just to get content yep. um, in order for it to look as if I was training a lot of people. Yeah. And that, you know, a lot of trainers will ask me, you know, what do I do? I was like, train as many people as you can. Yep. Well, how much should I charge? Whatever, anything, whatever you need to, um, in order for you to either one, get content, two, get experience, three, do your job and yep. help, help as many people as you can. Cause that's why we get into this. We want to help people. Yeah. But then there comes a point where you have to take care of yourself. There's too many people that continue to do things for free. There needs to become a time where you transition that and you do make a living for yourself and you need to get paid for what you're worth. Once you do that stuff, now you've done your schooling, you've done your certifications, you've done the experience part. Now you need to start charging um, for what you're worth. And that that is a good price point there. But anyway, so I say all that. And then Ben, as he's a connector and he just helps connect everybody. So at that point, I was renting space out of a place called Get Fit Anytime here in town. Yeah. And Adam Semanchik owns that gym. He's the best human in this world. Absolutely love him to death. I was renting space out of their personal training studio. It's a 24-7 gym. It's a wonderful gym here in town. And two years into that, I had come across an opportunity to get my own spot. And that was January 24th of 2023 is when I opened up this place. Um, so we're coming up on a year right now. And in that year's time, um, so my wife and I got married in May of 22. So right before Congrats. the year, thanks. Uh, and then we ended up getting pregnant on our wedding night. Woohoo. And <laughs> doing it right. Absolutely. The Christian way, baby. That's yeah. right. We waited. <laughs> <laughs> Mom and dad. I'm, I'm, I'm calling bullshit on that. <laughs> Bear woke up for that. I, I promise. Um, <laughs> she had her ovulation date like dialed. Nice. We made our wedding date like based on like that. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Cool, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. So like that was like a legit thing. Like it, we yeah. know the exact day. Yeah. And um, then we had our son Oliver Grayson on February 15th of 23. And we're expecting our second son July 15th of 24. What's Oliver Grayson? Where, is that anything? Is there a story there? Nope. Nope. Cool I name. want a kid Just named cool Oliver. Name. And then she came up with it. We're on our little baby moon. We go, you're supposed to go like take a trip before you have a baby. And we're sitting on the beach. She goes, what about Grayson? And my first thought was Grayson Allen, uh, a Duke basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no way. And then I was like, wait, Oliver Grayson. Yeah, that fits. All right, good. <laughs> That's awesome. No way. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely love it. I mean. Perfect. So he's got three first names. Three first. That's <laughs> just like his dad. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, dude, this gym's awesome. So we came. What was it last week? And yeah. and toured it. Um, you got the uh, the pickleball courts over there. Um, Basketball I, court. I love that. I did a cold plunge right before I came here. So you know when I walked in, my finger was white. Right. But I got out there and played pickleball with Matt for like five ten minutes. Felt like I was gonna have a heart attack. But my hand, my, you know, my fingers, <laughs> fingers and toes better. are warm now. So <laughs> we're good. Movements. Let's talk about that machine in there. That thing's yeah, elaborate. Man. The Oxfit. 
So yeah. Oxford is an incredible company. We can, can measure like eyebrows on this. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man. And so it's got two force plates, velocity-based tracker. We can track how much force you're putting into the bar. You can do barbell stuff, harness stuff, cable stuff. And you can do a bunch of different features from adding chains to it to doing an overloaded eccentric. So on the part where you're strongest, which is the eccentric, so the lowering phase, like in a squat, you're really strong going down. So I can put 300 pounds on the way down. On the way up, it's a lot harder. So I can drop that thing down to like 150, 200 pounds. Oh, that's cool. So the things we can do, we can do a loaded jump. So that barbell, it's got all the weight on it. You can jump with 135 pounds on your back. But then the second you leave the force plate, boom, shuts off the weight. So you're only landing with a 45 pound barbell. It's really nifty. That's cool. I like it for a lot of reasons. One, we can track your data, but two, the kids, the people, the athletes, the people who have trained for 20 years, 15 years, or the ones who are just getting into it. It's really easy to use. It feels really good. Your joints feel great. And it's fun because you can see your data. You can see there's video analysis of yourself moving. Yeah. Um, And so it's just a fun tool that we add to our training. I mean, we do a lot of our stuff is a lot of speed work. Um, so it goes in right hand in hand with our philosophy of, of doing power and strength work as well with the speed work. So, yeah, we're really excited to have those. We've only had it for about four weeks, uh, four months, sorry, four months. James is actually the guy that brought those here. Um, so big thanks to James Neal. Yeah, uh, it's like a spaceship. If you don't, uh, if you only listen to this podcast, you got to go watch it and check yeah. it out. It's funny you say that. So the technology was made four spaceships oh wow a nasa engineer developed this technology over 20 years ago people are gonna have to correct me if i'm wrong here but i believe they said it looked like an exoskeleton that they would wear yeah with this technology with the motors on yeah in order for them to not lose bone density while yeah. they're up in space and muscle mass while they're up in space yeah i listened to a podcast about that if, if they don't work out and lift weight in some kind of way when they get back to gravity their bones will just shatter yeah that's um, crazy I, That'd be yeah. nuts if they shatter. It's really interesting to like to listen. How long to. do you have to be up in space for that to happen? I don't know. It, it was you know just a road trip. I was into a Joe Rogan podcast, and they were just talking about all the things you have to do to that you don't really think about um, when you get back. If there's no muscle mass or bone density, then it's just not good. I don't think I have an interest in going up there. Yeah. yeah. What about um, this? Might be random, but what about the show alone? Have you ever watched that? No. It's where these people get dropped off in Alaska, like in the wilderness, and yeah. they have, and whoever like whoever makes it the longest, um, would you do that? Gets half a million. I half think a million. If I was if I was in like good shape and had like um, the skills, then I probably would do it. It's whoever lasts the longest. Yeah, like the, you have to like they, you get like fifteen or twenty out items, but like people build houses and are these you like kill all your own shit? Are like, these like survival specialists yeah, or just yeah, everyday yeah, people? Yeah. Oh, I'm um, not gonna compete with them. If I but could, I would do it. But if I had like, do we see each I, other? No, you don't get to see anybody. See, I would do it you if have I could to, have psychological you have to, warfare. You have to film them. yourself and everything. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's pretty intense. But like if I if I had like three months to go train myself or something like that. You know, you do it. I do it. Let's do it, dude. You can't do that. Your feet are cold right now. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. If I was like a different person, you know, yeah, <laughs> you'd, dude, like, you'd like to be able to. If do I was that. anybody other than who I am, yeah. you know, I do it. When we uh, when we came here and tore the, love the gym, it. we played pickleball, and your socks, your battery pack for your socks fell out. Tell yeah. us about those. You're yeah, really so um, I've gotten pretty big into the cold plunges. I've been doing it for about six months now, and um, 
but my feet get really cold like afterwards i like the circulation yeah. in my hands so i bought some uh some heated socks are they worth batteries it? in them uh i've only worn them once so probably not yeah i got these socks though that i've been wearing they're like neoprene and they keep my feet warm in the plunge is it only on days where you do the cold plunge or all the time uh pretty much all the time but it didn't start until cold plunge yeah yeah, yeah. are y'all gonna get some cold plunges here in the gym yeah i thought about it so i'll we come went, work we went, out and cold plunge with you if i get one yeah if you get one I'll on sign january 20th we're doing a wellness day and this yeah. dude is coming to do so we're like playing games working out we've got a chiropractor and a pt to do body work and treatment yeah and we can do sauna and then there's 50 percent off on ivs and the vitamins that we've got a company here that at the gym that does those and then we're bringing this guy named steven Rockazella. he's awesome he learned under wim hof oh you know, the breath. nice and so he does the the wim hof technique breath yeah. work and then we go cold plunge after that Sweet. so that's, that's cool. going to be january 20th from 10 a.m to 1. i think we're going to be in cali you're going to be gone yeah, yeah, that's awesome you'll be here in spirit but that does sound cool the breath work and stuff that stuff's interesting yeah we're gonna keep doing those because what i wanted to do was the workout stuff for the every the, the everyday person like to me that should just be a constant it should be just what you do if that's if that's the route you want to take right but it's still on one spectrum it's just aggressive it's it's not it's not calming in today's society man cortisol super high stress is super high with all the social media yeah and just people's jobs and people's lifestyles and so that will essentially it's adding another stress to their body uh, what i want to do is is showcase other methods of which they can help improve their body i.e breath work cold plunge sauna body work treatment the ivs all that good stuff so i would you know what i try to cr create here at athlos is a all-encompassing place where people can get athletes can get all of their needs taken care of in one yeah. place i want it to feel not only like a locker room like where we can come mm -hmm. hang out and have fun and, and after our workout we can chill we've got a seating area with drinks and whatnot but also a place where uh, you can just grow and, with other people mm -hmm. and have community yeah and i honestly man what's created a community is pickleball uh, yeah i know you guys that was the first thing you all did when you got yeah. here and it has created the best competition ever and guys are you know they're going out to dinners after, lunches yeah. after. They never knew each other before they came in here. And I think if we just had the workout part, that wouldn't happen. Uh, right. sure. We would still have a great community of people here. We've got the best clients here. Um, but what pickleball, basketball, handball, speedball, all the games does is it brings people together. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely wanted to touch on why you think personal training would be beneficial for someone. Um, you know, maybe someone that is a professional athlete and also how it's been beneficial for someone that's not maybe someone like me that you know used to work out 10 years ago and played sports and has no idea what they're doing now like what is what's your you know your elevator pitch for something like that for you man it's accountability and showing you accountability number one but yeah. showing you that it doesn't have to be like it was when you were on a wrestling mat yeah and when we can essentially figure out what are the things that we can do for you that help you to get the body that you want, not only physically, but also mentally. And, oh, it's actually not as painful as I thought it'd be. Oh, it is a lot more comfortable than I thought it'd be. Oh, this is attainable. Yeah, I can do this. Basically a support system for you to help do some hard shit yeah. and realize, oh, I can do this. this and, and especially when you've got a team together with a personal trainer, that's essentially like that's your that's your team. And when you can do things with other people, it's a lot more, 
it's a lot easier to accomplish those things. So, you know, because it is daunting to get back in, especially if you've already done it, you're like, man, I'm never going to get back to what I used to do. Like that was, it's definitely scary. I know, um, you know, at river house, I remember one day, you know, now I have gout now, which I've had for a couple of years. I didn't have it back then. Mm. So working out and putting stress on that causes flare ups and it's tough for me, but I remember at Riverhouse one day I had a gout flare up and I was like, yeah, I'm not working out today. I, you know, I'm having a gout flare. And then I came back the next day to work out, not the next day, the next time you were there and you had like researched gout mm-hmm. and you're like, yo, I know, I, th- I know this, this and this about gout. So we're going to do this workout today. We're going to keep it off you. Like, and you know, you kind of held me to that accountability. Cause the next time I was like, I'm having a gout flare. You're like, that's cool. Come on. Like <laughs> yeah. I got some other shit for you. And <laughs> yeah. I remember one time, like he was like, we're like, the group's going to do this. Like he pulled me aside. He's like, Hey, the group's going to do this today. And while that's happening, you're going to do this. And he, but he like pulled me aside. I was like, you know, just so you know, that's what we're, you're going to do. So I don't have to tell you in front of everybody. Yeah. Like to make you feel like excluded. And like, he was like, you know, whenever that happens, you do that. And I was like, cool. All right. And like the whole workout, he like set up for me. I thought that was really cool. And you know, something I wanted to bring up for anybody listening, like, if you do have some kind of, you know, handicap or something the you're nervous about free zone. that <laughs> like, that's cool to know. We got a lunk alarm too. There's trainers out there that will like, you know, it's like, cool. I hear you. I'll figure that shit out. That's my favorite like, part. So to me, the movement, the exercise, like anybody can do, anybody can do the stuff that makes you want to throw up. Yeah. Like to me, a trainer that makes you throw up, they're not doing their job. Um, because anybody can do that. We, yeah. can, we can do burpees and, and tota bars, and you, you can go to CrossFit if you want to do that. Yeah, yeah, bear so crawls. I did if CrossFit I never, for like yeah. <laughs> for a long time. You know, my dad died doing CrossFit, so yeah. we ain't doing that shit. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Had a heart attack in the gym. Really? He's the reason that they have defibrillators yeah. in CrossFit gyms now. Really? Yeah. That's if I nice. never see another bear crawl, I'm good. Yeah, so I like being able to figure out what are the things we can do when we mm-hmm. do have these contraindications. So with gout what are the things we can do let's not look at what we can't do let's look at what we can do and trying to figure out how i best accomplish that um is really fun to me it, it's yeah. kind of the way i see a session is like a beautiful symphony so we've got like our dynamic let's say for an athlete we've got our dynamic warm-up and then we'll go into our activation and our speed work and then after our speed work we do our power our jumping stuff plyometrics from there we then go into our power work and then our strength work and conditioning and all of that kind of flows together and each one needs to go before the other because it all essentially goes goes in line with it right Mm -hmm. and i like trying to figure that out especially with somebody who's not an athlete and trying to figure out how can we feel better at the end of this session while also making them stronger or lose weight or whatever i whatever it is but a lot of that too is like the hardest part is the nutrition yeah definitely that it, because there are 168 hours in a week and I'm only going to see somebody about three hours at most yeah. if they're coming three days a week. And so it's trying to figure out what their lifestyle is like outside of the gym. Yeah, Where can we improve? Where can we make these small changes? Because I'm not, I mean, we're going to have to track macros here in the beginning. We're going to have to look at, you know, a log of what we're eating. So I mean, hell, I lost 60 pounds once. Never even worked out. Just ate right. That's right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's a 100% diet. Like, yeah, that's what it's about. And and then for me, the training be- is the mental side. Yeah. Like we get the mental wins from training. We get the physical wins from our, our nutrition. Yeah. That's how I explain it to a lot of people. And 
man, it's hard. It's hard. It's like for me to not eat sweet tonight, that's hard. So I can relate to people who are struggling to make those changes because I struggle big time. The only benefit I have is I'm on my feet 24 Mm seven, moving, working out, sprinting, running, lifting. So, you know, but I've seen it change as as I've hit 30, like I'm still very young, like, but I've seen it change. But when I was 22, I could do this and 25, I could do this. Now 30, it's like this. So it's very tough to change nutrition. Now, from an athlete standpoint, like if you've got a kid, like let's say eight to 12 years old, for me, they don't need to be in the gym 24 seven. They need to be go, go playing as many games as they can, as many sports as they can and having fun. But number two, just to get in here once a week, maybe once every other week, it helps to raise their overall ceiling, to work on their movement patterns, to get them sprinting, to do things that they're not used to doing. It's very hard for kids to play games now because they're all you know playing video games. Yeah. And they don't have the neighborhood kids to go play games pick yeah. up pick up basketball you know wiffle right. ball all that stuff so here at athlos we create an, an environment where they can play games so a lot of our youth sports performance we're playing a lot of different game scenario type drills where it's realistic to real life game to sports and we're also doing drills to make sure they're doing things right so it's a good balance of that and then let's say you've got um from a high school perspective a lot of the guys in high school they're going to have great strength coaches at their school especially Mm -hmm. around here and so i try to fill in the gaps and and i'll get their training program or if i can i'll try to talk to their strength coach what are the things that they're not able to work on that with the team that you'd like them to work on and so i'm fully in on being completely the support staff um strength you go you go the the step of like talking to their coach their workout coach their their sport coach yeah that's cool. That way, I mean, we're going to get the most out of that. He's all in, baby. Absolutely. Um, and so, like, on, on Saturday mornings here, I've got Speed Saturday, and I've got kids, a kid from NBA, a couple kids from Innsworth, Lipscomb, Ravenwood, FRA, um, CPA. And so they're all – and they all are in the same division. They all compete against each other in the regular season. Um, but here we all train super hard and, and get better together, and it's super cool to see that develop um, – but anyway, so I just try to fill in the gaps because strength coaches are already on the support staff. Like the f- head football coach is, is the guy calling the shots. Strength coach is the support staff to him. And so I'm private industry support staff to them. Right. Um, and you, I think if you're in the private industry, you have to go at it that way. You can't think that you're going to be the guy calling all the shots. I just I look at my work as them as a, more of a consultant. Okay, you're doing this. Okay, here's how you should do this. Here's how you should do that. Here's when you should do this and try to essentially maximize what they're already doing. Yep. Um, and then for, you know, that's similar to college as well. Off season, I'll get some college guys, but, and then pro guys, my favorite pro guy to work with is a guy who has been grounding, you know, grinding super hard, trying to lift, 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 more weight, more weight, more weight. That's a lot of what strength coaches are about. More is better as far as weights go. And so taking a guy that's been doing that for a long time, and essentially getting them to feel better. Um, well, they're competitive too. Sure. So they want the numbers. They correct, but at a certain point, that doesn't make us a better athlete. Right. Yeah. Right. It makes us a stronger one, but not necessarily a better athlete. Uh, it depends on your position and whatnot too. So it, it goes deeper than that. But I want we're going to do a lot of things to help you feel better, and try to unlock either either it's another year or two or five, um, and just getting you to feel better. But obviously with professional sports the way it is 
it's a game of milliseconds. So yeah. we're going to have to train really hard at that point too and be really locked in on the details. Yeah. What uh, You train a bunch of pros. Do you watch all their uh, games? Yeah, I try to as, as much as Does I can. Does it kind of hype you up? To see them do well, absolutely. Oh yeah, I mean that's what. What are the wins in this? Like you know, seeing a a high school kid get a scholarship offer, or seeing a pro guy do well at a game, or seeing someone you know meet their goal of losing ten pounds. What are the wins? Tell us some of your favorite win stories. All of that, all <laughs> of that. Um, when I get a text that a guy gets a free agent gets signed. Yeah. When I see a guy kick a game winning field goal. Um, when. You're like, we worked on that right there. Right there, yeah. yeah. No, so are I'm, you like a – is it harder to be a super sport fan for one team now? No, you're, go, you're like, go Colts. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> go Hoosiers, Indiana Hoosiers and the Colts. That's it. Uh, no, but I yeah, absolutely a players guy. Like obviously yeah. I'm going to cheer for anybody that I'm working with or that I know. I think everybody would do that. Yeah. Um, the biggest wins for me, honestly, though, is inside the gym when I've got – you know, a couple 10 year olds or 12 year olds here, and then I can introduce them to the pro that's in their sport. Yeah. That's really special to see their eyes light up. They literally, from the second that person walks in, they are working so hard. That kid is. That's cool. They, they turn it up a notch every single time. It is yeah. awesome. And I remember that feeling of meeting pros when I was a younger, young kid. Yeah. And it is like, it is like your whole world is made in that moment. And so I've gotten to introduce. I don't know, a handful of pros to these kids. And, and that's, that's extremely special. That's super sick. Yeah. It definitely adds a mentality too. like, you have some of the jerseys hung up. It kind of, I can definitely see where it would make you want to grind just to be reminded like where you can go, what it can do. Yeah. That's cool. Absolutely. I mean, these kids come in, like I try to create a, a place where they wanted to hang out and almost like, uh, a lot of the kids will say it looks like somebody's a, a rich person's basement. In yeah, here. <laughs> yeah. And like they made it for their home gym. I want to come. I want to come live here. Yeah. Um. And so to see their eyes light up when the jerseys are are there, and they're like, "Oh, who's he play for? Who's that? Or or when did when did you train him?" Uh, that's pretty special. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's My favorite thing about this whole thing has been, um, about how like you know your painful past is your greatest asset mm-hmm. and that um your all-in attitude with drinking has just been transferred into your gift from god you know that's pretty cool thank you man. to me yeah, thank yeah. you yeah think, it's I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off no, go ahead. i'm extremely grateful to be an alcoholic and to have those yeah. struggles i remember um, the last story here drinking story um no, we love drinking stories. I, yeah. I remember waking up one day. This was like night of the SEC championship. This is in 2018. I think Auburn was playing. Yeah. Yeah. War Eagle. And um, was that kick six? Was that that year? I think it was 17. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I remember going to Edley's to start day drinking with a buddy of mine that got, just got cut by the Chargers and another buddy from high school. We all three went to the same high school. And so we're here in Nashville at Edley's. We're drinking Bloody Marys to start the day off. And then cut to, we're at a, I think either a Georgia or Auburn bar, watching the game down on Broadway. And then cut to me waking up underneath the bench on Broadway. Perfect. And I can't find my keys, no phone, no nothing, no wallet, nothing. So I run home 1.8 miles to my apartment. You actually run? 
Oh yeah, no, I ran. So you're like I, Mac. That was you're my like thing. Mac. <laughs> is that what he does? He yeah. said he'd leave the bar and he wouldn't want an Uber or taxi. He would just he sprint. Would just run. Sprint yeah. home in Tuscaloosa. He'd be like, "You gotta want this shit. You don't want this." <laughs> shit. He would like hype himself up in his head, drunk as shit. Absolutely, he would just be running. That was me. I I would get drunk and then I would leave and I would leave That's people. So I would get so mad because they get mad at me for drinking and so I would just run and yeah. I would run away from my problems and just run back home. Yeah, and. Uh, so I run back. I see this guy who would always let his dog out. And he happened to be letting his dog out at 3 a.m. And I'm like, hey, man, can you let me back in? And I was just gone. Like, I didn't even, I couldn't even talk to the guy because I was so just gone. And so you probably ran up to him and be like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, man. <laughs> did you have hair then? I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no the hair good now. old days. That's right. Um, and he lets me in. And then I'm like, wait, I don't have my keys. I'm going to have to bust this door down. So without oh, even no. trying to see if it was unlocked, boom, and I break the door off its hinges. Fuck. And so then I set it back up, then I pass out. I go downstairs the next day. I find one of my friends, and I'm like, can I use your laptop to get on Instagram and message my, my friends? And I get back. One of the boys is back in my room. I'm like, how in the world did you get here? And um, he's like, I've been in this apartment complex for the last hour trying to find your, your place. Then I saw the one with the door off its hinges and I figured it was yours. <laughs> and so as he's talking, um, he gets a phone call from Drew, the guy we were with the night before. And he goes, Hey man, are you with Justin? I have his phone. I just went oh, to the gas I just went to the gas station to fill up my car, went to pay for the gas, calling Justin at the same time, and on the gas station attendant's desk, uh, his phone lights up with my what? name on it. So he's literally calling me at the Shell gas station on Broadway. What are the odds? Wow. And he's paying, he's giving the guy a $20 bill and he looks and he's like, Drew Cottrell, that, oh, that's me. Uh, yeah. Can I have my that phone? That's my buddy's <laughs> phone. And here, I'm calling him. He tries it again. Boom, lights up again. That's my phone. So I, what? he, the other guy woke up in a field, <laughs> walked to a gas station, charged his phone, got the Uber, then was walking around my apartment complex for an hour brutal i still to this day have no idea what happened and a normal person would stop drinking we were drinking by about 12 o'clock the next day yeah one of my favorite things about both of you i guess is like how open you are with your addiction and your journey um and like i don't know man it's just, it's, it's really like cool to hear the stories how you both can talk about it so open and you're just like no this is who i am like accept it or not i don't really care like it's just who i am you know i mean you got to be right you never know who that's you never know who that's going to help that's exactly right it's you know it's it's healing for me um it helps me remember what it was what it was like what it was like yeah it's always a good trip down memory lane you know if you're not you know i mean you know life gets busy you don't get to go to as many meetings as you used to or you know you're you know um so anytime i talk about it reminds me of exactly like like if i'm stressed out like oh i didn't get i didn't write the best song today or i didn't do the best you know i could have done like hey dude like you know you went to jail every time you got drunk you yep. know what i mean you're doing pretty good yeah. but, doing you all know? Right. did you ever run into the law nope this public safety was the closest i got and then actually you know what indiana university i was sitting outside of my apartment complex drunk and like passed out because i couldn't figure out which apartment complex was mine and <laughs> so you were drinking, drinking. Dude. Oh, I was gone. <laughs> and I remember I, I 
<laughs> Mitch is loving this. He's like, if you ever relapse, just call yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, it's just funny. Like, I, you know, I could think of my friends, the ones that would go that hard, that like would just be like, you know what? I don't even remember what door it is. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yep. That was me right on the mulch, pissed my pants. And next thing I know, my buddy is waking me up on the couch and he's like, dude, the cops brought you home. And they tossed this bag of weed to me and said, he's going to need this in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so it was in my pocket. Oh, no. That's yeah. crazy. And that Shout was it. So, so, yeah, I could have gotten taken to jail quite a few times, but never did. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy, God dude. bless. Well, dude, um, thanks for uh, being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you yeah. for uh, letting us use your facility. I think this is a cool background. We should do this more often. Just get, yeah, this place get, is awesome. Bring the pod to them. You're you welcome know? anytime, man. Um, this is great. Be sure to follow J Todd on Instagram. Is it so J Todd Performance? J Todd Performance is my own personal training, and then the gym is athlos.inc. How do you spell athlos? A T H L O S. It's a Greek root of athlete or competition. Nice. Cool. All right, y'all be sure to rate and subscribe. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, go watch it on YouTube, and uh, we'll see y'all next time. Peace out. She's pretty as a picture with half her makeup gone. Even in a wrinkled T-shirt, she's still got it going on. Doesn't matter what she's doing, she's perfect all the time. She's pretty drunk, she's pretty sober, she's pretty hungover. Doesn't matter what she's doing